Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to chat about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. Today is Thursday, June 15th, 2023. This is Shannon, and tonight I am here with Mika, Natalia, Georgina, and Stacy. And we are very sad because on June 8th, the incomparable, fabulous Julie Garwood passed away. And so today we are here to talk about how much we love her. So we will get started with the usual housekeeping information, and then we will dive in to the Julie Garwood greatness. You can find us on Facebook by searching for Book Bistro Podcast. There we have our usual Facebook page where we keep track of our Wednesday reads and also post information about the Friday episodes. We also have a Facebook listener group that you're welcome to join. And if you prefer a different type of listener group, you can contact us and ask about our WhatsApp group. Both groups are pretty small, not super high traffic, and we would love to have you. If you want to get in touch with us off of social media, you can do so by sending an email to the book bistro podcast at gmail.com. If you're looking for our main hosting page where you can find information on the podcatchers that make Book Bistro available to you, you can find that information in our show notes. So I read my first Julie Garwood book in probably 1996 or so, something like that. And it was The Gift. Oh, yes. And once I read that, I was hooked. And at that point, she was only writing historicals. So I devoured all of those that I could find. And since then, I have been paying, you know, a lot of attention to both her historicals and her romantic suspense. So does anybody else remember what your first... Julie Garwood was? I do. It was Prince Charming and I was 15 and it was 1994. And I love Prince Charming. I know. I love Prince Charming. It was, I found it at the bookstore. It was abridged on two cassettes. Yes. Yes. And um, the lady who read it sort of spoke like this lady Taylor. And, but I was so captivated. I went to, um, the library for the blind and found the unabridged uh, recording that they had there. And it's just, I don't know. I, I just reread it this week. Yes. And I just reread it this week, like as a tribute. And I loved it just as much now as I did when I was 15. So it just, it held up very well. That one is like, so, so great. Oh, I loved it. Um, So my first one wasn't necessarily like my favorite. So I'm going to go, I'm going to skip a little bit around. (laughs) Um, 
Because my first one was Heartbreaker, and I think people like that one more, a little bit more than I did. Oh, I love uh, Heartbreaker. I did love Heartbreaker. Yeah. So, but yes. it's not a bad book. But you know, I didn't like. It didn't resonate with me as much. And then I can't talk Get about the other one because Natalia specifically mentioned it. So I'm going to skip over that one, and I'm going to go to Murder List. Ooh, Murder, Murder List. List. <laughs> that was. Wait, I haven't actually mentioned the book. Which one did I mention? <laughs> um, you mentioned you mentioned the second book in that romantic suspense series. Oh, so, I'm reading so it. I, I, was, I finished Defender. it. No, no, but that wasn't my first book. <laughs> um, but Murderless is it, it was you know, there is something there is something about Julie Garwood suspense that yes. is like different from any other person's like romantic suspense like it's it is suspenseful enough to be like unsettling but in a in a different way i guess you know um and and but it's also kind of like i could see like movies being made out of these books and it would be like you know like the the action-packed you know, romantic action thriller oh, yeah. kind of thing. Um, but not necessarily one that would like keep me up all night, but it has like a lot of heart, right? And um, mm-hmm. Murder List happened to be one of them where this heiress is on, she's just on vacation and the the people at this retreat are like, make a, which is really, you could tell this was definitely written in the early 2000s because, <laughs> because, because the person leading the retreat is like, write someone's name on, write a list of people that you want to die. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that cannot happen ever and, again. And, and everybody's just and, and, like, okay. And, I just, <laughs> and everyone's just like, all right, <laughs> can do. Um, but then, but then people actually start dying. So big oops there. Yeah, that's um, a problem. And, but see like, she's, she's got like romantic banter. She's got the banter down like where they're not there's not a whole lot of like there's not a whole lot of like relationship conflict it just she just kind of subtly brings you into like all of a sudden you're like okay they met that's great they're like running away from guns together that's awesome wait a minute they're dating you know (laughs) all of a sudden somehow it makes sense somehow it makes sense right it does it makes so much sense um and i I love that. And the really fun thing, I've never, I've only read one historical by her and it had nothing to do with um, the Scottish, none of like the Scottish or English ones. Um, But it, but her, her characters in her um, historic or in her romantic suspense are descendants of the characters in her historicals. So, and so that's what makes it, and it just makes it really delightful. So if you started with the historical, you go to the romantic suspense, it's just kind of like a nice little Easter egg there for you. So somehow yes. I never knew that. <laughs> you know, I knew it 20 years ago and forgot until you just said it again, Mika. Uh, <laughs> and Georgina, I read the uh, For the Roses years oh, and years oh ago. Yes. that's the one i was gonna that that is one i did read yeah and so i just downloaded it and i was like whoa i remember parts of this but not all of it so it's like most of it is a new book because i've forgotten a lot of the details 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Except her name really stuck out to me and where they live. So Mary Rose. Mary Rose. And I like how they all write letters to Mama. Yes. And how I like how they put in the chapter breaks, how they put when she was what she was like as a toddler. <laughs> oh, I know. I so put, it's just magical in like every way. I need to pick it up again. It's I think I read that one maybe the last time in like 98 or 2000 like so it's been like a really long time yeah, it's and been so a long time I agree like it would feel new like I bought it um Monday night when I was crying about Julie Garwood and I bought it <laughs> so it's on my TBR up toward the top who is the commercial Michael narrator? someone um someone I don't recognize but okay. that person read all of her um Claiborne books so for the roses and um, the, the all the different and the one white rose one pink rose like all those yes um, the same person read that entire series Mitzi Freelander reads the I know <laughs> I think that's the way I would have to read it I read the abridged for the roses so did I and Natalia what was your first one well I read my first Julie Garwood uh, I was 15 and I um, had a really sad thing happen to me. It wasn't that sad in the grand scheme of things, but it was sad in the grand age the of 15. It was very sad at the time. And I got really into romance that brought me a lot of comfort. And I was reading, I don't know if I was reading a Sandra Brown and I went to the dentist and she was like, oh, well, if you like Sandra Brown and Nora Roberts, you have to read Julie Garwood. She's okay. amazing. <laughs> and I was like, well, what's the first Billy Garwood book that can be rushed to me? This was before the time of Goodreads where we knew the order of, of series and stuff. Oh, man. So it was Killjoy. Oh. It was Killjoy. You started in the middle of a series? What? Yeah, she didn't have a choice then. I didn't have a choice, but I was very upset when I found out that I started in the middle. <laughs> Believe me. I and, like Killjoy a lot. Um, Oh my gosh, it was narrated by Michelle Sheffer, who I really like. Oh, and, I like her too. Um, it was a Saturday night, and I was like, you know what? Let me try this. And so I got a bag of lemon lime tostitos, which were my obsession at the time. <laughs> and I sat on my bed and I like I didn't finish the bag, but I definitely finished the book. <laughs> and after that, I was like, Oh my god, I have to get everything by Did this you read author. the chipmunk speed then? No, back oh, yeah. then I actually read regular and slow oh, back okay. then everybody read oh Fashion man me. this was this was like the very rudiment natizzle reading days <laughs> very I, I think what's interesting about julie garwood is that i i must be honest and say that i think i'm the only one on this podcast tonight that i didn't really read any of her romantic suspense i think i read like the first three and then i did not read any more in that series but mm. um so it's been a really long time since I've like kept up with Julie Garwood in any way. She like, you know, I, I followed her on Facebook and I mean, I always would say she was like my, she was my third romance, like in the history of my life, like the Duchess by Jude Devereaux, um, paradise by Judith McNaught and then Prince Charming by oh, paradise. Um, yeah. I like paradise. And then, Stop yeah. it. I'm and go so back and read that like, that was like my foundation. And so when I found out that she had passed away, I like, was so taken by surprise because like you just feel like your authors are going to live forever right like they're going to always have these words 
They're going to keep giving them to you. So you always have time to like catch up because there's always going to be more books. And when I found out on Monday, I was out at a restaurant and like, I'd had not even half of my martini. So I cannot even blame the vodka. And I'm sitting <laughs> at the table and Michael, my, I was with my husband and he heard me go, oh, and he's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And he's thinking like, you know, I'm ill or something. And all of a sudden I come, I was trying to tell him, Shannon just texted and let me know. And I started crying like out in the middle of this restaurant. And I felt like such an idiot. Like I could not stop. And it just made me think back to like this, like simple time in my life when I was young and, you know, reading these historical romances that always like ended happily ever after, like where there were these really like sassy, plucky heroines and these heroes that were kind of tortured, but sort of in an understated way. And like, you knew like the trajectory of the story, but it didn't matter. Like you knew she was always, no matter what time period she was writing and she was always going to give you something good and solid and perfect. And so you could I just, depend on. yeah. And I just really, the end like, of an era. a huge end of an era. And it just really, I grieved really hard and I don't really know how to explain it, but I've just been like, I did a deep dive, like back into her books this week. I've already read Prince Charming, Saving Grace and The Gift. Her books reflect her personality so much. Like, cause you know, we interviewed her for the podcast. Yes. Every interview I've watched uh, of hers, she was always like the same uh, person. And like, she's so, she seemed to be so amused by everything in life and so captivated by all the things that happened around her. I guess in different ways. And you can, you can see that in her books. Whereas, you know, you bring up Jude Devereaux, uh, Georgina, Jude Devereaux is like super shy and kind of quiet. And um, you kind of learn about the world that lives in her head um, because of what you're reading that she wrote to you. Whereas Julie Garwood, what, like after I talked to her, I was like, yes, yes. She wrote all those books that I adore. Yes. I see that, you know? And, yeah, and, I feel like her, cool. yeah, like her, just the, speaking to her, like Natalia said, you could very much like identify her as the author of like all these fantastic books. Like if you hadn't known, it would just like click into place. Um, it just, it seemed like a very natural fit. The way she talked sort of echoed the way she wrote. Yes, it, it really did. And I remember doing her interview, I just wanted her to keep talking. I know. I didn't even want to ask her questions. I just wanted her to just <laughs> tell me the daddy what. Question? <laughs> yes. Did we ask her the daddy? Oh yes, she did answer the daddy question. Yes, and how like for a lot of people that was a big like part of that book. Like people were really. If people think it's chapter one and it's like chapter three. Yeah, but it's like to her like when when I said to her like someone killed daddy. <laughs> she was like oh she's like I, I hadn't thought about that <laughs> well and I, I also to started... name a dog daddy like how funny is that like truly like, how funny is that and which was that wasn't murder list was it that was no, mercy. That was, breaker. no mercy, that was heartbreaker mercy. heartbreaker, heartbreaker. heartbreaker. The, the, funny, uh, the funny thing is that since uh, I was rereading her historicals anyway because Rosalind Landor recorded them and I, you know, I don't know if y'all know how much I love Roland Landor. Like, um, so I'm I'm super happy to be rereading it. But Saving Grace was actually one that I didn't read. I can't say way back <laughs> when, because I started reading her books in like 2007. 
Oh, you never read about Gabriel McBain and Lady Johanna back Johanna. in the day? Mm-mm. No, I read the. I read that one fairly recently. I actually remember being in the car with my dad, um, not too long ago. He's like, "Why aren't you talking to me? Take those earphones off." I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> I'm reading. <laughs> so, is there a Julie Garwood book that you haven't read yet that you really want to? Yes. Um, what is it for me i think it's oh my gosh i'm gonna blank uh i think it's called the ideal man and i, oh, think, yeah. I think that's the one about the hacker i like that oh book. yes um, i have not so read that I either have not, i have not read that one i usually like read like the first like four i've i think i've read like the first six i think that one might be like book nine or something like that um and I <laughs> I just think that just seems like it would be so much fun. And, you know, it's that like, again, it's that kind of fun suspense. Um, so and and um, I don't know when it came out, but maybe the technology won't be quite as dated as some of the stuff hmm. now, because like half of no half of the uh, problems the and ideal mercy is that nobody had a cell phone. <laughs> so it's true. You know? <laughs> it's true. No, no, the ideal man came out. Uh, I was out of high school, so you know I, I was think on vacation. Little, I think it'll be like a little. Yeah, I think it won't be like as dated now. Um, and and I just wanted to mention, just for the record, like Monk is a delightful villain. <laughs> I know. He's, I, so he's one of the delightful. villains I like so like, much. He really kind of. You know he's bad, but you like you kind of want anyway. the best for him. You yeah. know, so as long as the it, best doesn't like interfere with the, like, the yeah, hero and the heroine. You can, but you kind of like want. You can see his motivations, and sometimes, and yeah, maybe I'll talk about this later off air because there's just like one book where you're just like, oh, monk, honey, why, you know. <laughs> But but he's just a delightful, he's a delightful kind of suave villain. You know, he's the kind of bad boy that people want in their novels now. Like <laughs> in some ways that in some of these groups, reading groups, I feel like he's the kind of bad boy that people want. That people like if if he was written today, people would be like, oh my God, I want I want someone to date Monk. Pair him up with someone, you know. Oh yeah. Redeem like you'd be redeem like the him. anti-hero kind of. Yeah. 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 People people so. eat that up. But but there is no redemption for Monk. But he's but it is, he's delightful. And I'll shut up now, but I just had to mention him. Yeah, no, he, he's definitely a character I've enjoyed. Especially his way of being invisible. I would say that um, for me, I, I need to read the whole romantic suspense series over because yes. like I said, I read like the first three maybe and sort of lost interest. I like I like my heroes a little darker. I like them a little bit more tortured. And then I stopped reading romantic suspense for, I mean, a really long time, like over a decade. So I have a lot of catching up to do. But then I also, she has some very early books that I haven't read before um, in her historicals. Um, yes, me too. And I want to say, uh, is there a, a tender something or gentle something? I'm getting her oh, books now warrior. confused. Well, is, is that, that it or is that Joanna Yeah, I'm confused now because like. There's Rebellious like, Desire. Yeah, that one I haven't read. Um, oh, there's one where 
this guy takes over this girl's keep and then keeps her from being killed by someone else or I don't know. Oh, yeah. so, that. so for me, I always wanted to read The Lion's Lady. Okay. And somehow like never did. I think because at the time that I was reading like The Gift and Guardian Angel, um, they weren't. It like, wasn't, available wasn't available in audio, right? Right. And then it became available. And by that point, I was like reading other things. And so I've never actually read it. And Ooh. now I think I'm going to. Yeah, I, I don't know if I've read that one. I either. love and that I'm, book. I was a little worried that it might be problematic now. So um, I wasn't sure um, how that one I enjoyed hold up, it. But, okay. But I like problematic stuff. So I don't know if I'm the person. Natalia. Yes. Do you have one? That I have not read? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, a Girl Named Summer? Oh, the YA. That's I like a middle it. grade, she, I think. She mentioned it during her, the interview. Um, yes, she did. How important it was to her. And I remember, I'm like, oh, I, gotta, I actually have not read this book. I should probably do that. I haven't read that either. And apparently she wrote two YAs, but I don't know what other I can't, one she wrote. I can't find the other one. Like it's either. not listed anywhere, so I don't know what yeah. it is. Maybe she, like she said, maybe she threw it down the garbage disposal. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> it was so uh, bad. To be honest, I haven't read her romantic suspense. So I downloaded last night um, the, what was it? The murder list or what was that? One? Oh, murder list. I'm you so have to excited. read an order. Oh, heartbreaker. No, you don't. No, you don't. Yes, you do. No, you don't. No, 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 you don't. Sorry. You actually no, do. Not for these this one. Natalia, we no. understand that's a trigger for you. So we'll. <laughs> <laughs> so I think. So I think. No, you actually do. It does spoil stuff. You actually do. I think it, it does. I would say from book two, I would, I like, I, um, I don't feel like heartbreaker that you have to read that in order to start in with mercy is what but I will forgive say. Forgive me, Mika. Mika, oh, you are sitting right now so hard. <laughs> <laughs> for those who I'm don't just know, saying, heart- it's just an opinion. Just an opinion. <laughs> no, so for those who, who don't know, the reason I'm saying this is because heartbreaker, the whole premise is about a priest who gets a confession from a stranger that right. Uh, that stranger is going to kill the priest's sister. Yes. Hasn't done it yet, but will. But will do it. Um, and it's so good. And you have it, and it's book one in her romantic suspense series, which you should start with. Because <laughs> Natalia says so. <laughs> Absolutely, because order is important. Oh Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think the interesting thing about that whole like Buchanan Renard world is like mercy is so different and separate from heartbreak. From the rest of them. Oh, oh yeah. Well, that's also true. Like it's almost like when you read it, mm. it almost feels like maybe it's not in the same, you know, like it's not the same series. You know, it is. But it's just yeah, like they're so, all, like so separate. They're all kind of separate until like Shadow Dance, I think, or until the Kate one. Is that Shadow Dance? I really loved that book. I, I remember reading it in like a convention. Uh, 
that's when they kind of get a little more we see a little more of the family and a little more of the uh what they have to do with each other so i was confused for a long time because she came out with her last historical like in i want to say like i could be wrong but i want to say like 2011 and it was called shadow music and then there's Uh shadow dance so the longest time i was confused i thought they were like to, you know, like they were like together. Somehow. Yeah. Yeah. I was confused but, by that too. So I have to go back and, uh, like I said, I, I got to read the whole romantic suspense series, but I'm really, oh, you must, you must. Right I know. I'll even I know. reread them in order. You. I'll even reread them with you. It'll be fine. But yeah. I have to be in the right headspace to read like romantic suspense. Oh, I understand. Um, mood reader. But I understand. <laughs> I, I'm a mood reader, but I will, they are back on my, um, they are back on my TBR. I want to transition to some of the books set in Scotland because I yes. don't I don't always love Scotland and yet I find myself sort of swept away by the Julie Garwood book set in Scotland. So like The Secret and Ransom, Ransom. and of course <laughs> Saving Grace. Yes. The wedding, the wedding, the wedding. Oh, the wedding. And the bride. And the bride. I forgot about the wedding. How did that happen? Oh, I loved the wedding. Rena. So I mean, I guess it could, it could be kind of creepy. Like I'm, I, I meet a man when I'm four, and I decide I want to marry him. No, that's the gift. And then I do. Right? Nope. No. Well, that's no, the in the gift, she actually does marry him when she's four. Yeah. Oh, in the um, wedding, she's an adult when she marries him. But you know, right. But, yeah, I need to reread the wedding and the bride because they both take place in Scotland, but they. I read them so long ago, like it is like rereading them, like a reading for the first time now, which I'm not sure how to feel about that. But she really does like she writes enough like period detail to keep you invested. You know where you're at. Like there's a lot about I, she must have really hated King John um, from history because he does not um, he does not fare well. In Did anybody her- like no. King John? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, uh, probably not. Like, we never really hear that anybody did. I just, I haven't paid enough I've attention I've never heard to a history, good thing like, about King John anywhere. Well, her books, like, if there's a villain, it's often King John. I mean, like, you know, in or a like broader someone sense. affiliated with affiliated, him. Affiliated, yeah. But it's just interesting, or sent like. by him. Her, yes. her Highlanders are sexy, but it, I just, I feel like I got saturated with Highlanders. And so I just stopped reading everything Scottish. And so I was kind of afraid to read Saving Grace this week. I was like, uh, you know, I'm not sure if I'm able to get through this with the time period and medieval and Scotland. And, and I was so charmed by it. Like she really had a way of like drawing you in to these moments of history and making them fun to read about, I guess. I just, I really liked the secret. Um, yeah. And the friendship in the secret. Is so yes. Nice. The yes, birthing was, stool, so right? A, She's a midwife. The birthing chair. Is there a scene or like a a thing that sticks out for you the most about like a specific Julie Garwood book? For me, it's the throwing dishes in Saving Grace. <laughs> When she's like standing and all these men are being like disrespectful and she has tried and tried and tried to get through to them and they just kind of ignore her and she just starts like slinging dishes 
I feel like she's standing like at, I don't know if she's at the top of like she's a stairway in the great hall at, at the threshold. And she has one of the women bring her big, heavy porcelain bowl after porcelain bowl. Yeah. And she just keeps whipping them at the fireplace. Yeah. <laughs> to, to keep the attention on her. And every time they start to talk or they don't respond appropriately, she whips she another does. bowl. <laughs> Oh my god, that sounds amazing! It's pretty much just amazing. Like always has stuck with me, and I don't remember a lot else about Saving Grace, really, like certain things. But like that one scene is just like pivotal in my mind. Um, this is sort of funny, like, but I never forgot that every morning in Prince Charming, that Lucas Ross, who was her like loner bastard protector would wake up on top of lady Taylor. And I thought to myself, like, surely, like I was exaggerating this, like, and how could you sleep through that lady Taylor? But yet I just read it again. And in fact, that does happen. And like, I know that's a silly thing to like focus on in a book, but like, I could not sleep through like 200 pounds of person like sprawled out on top of me in the morning. So I found that to be sort of funny and fascinating um, but in all seriousness, like I have not read the secret since the mid nineties. And the only thing I remember about that book is like how protective the clan was of, I think her name was Judith. Is that right? It was. Yes. And also just about like the terror of the women in the clan to give birth because of this like horrible midwife. And like, I never, ever forgot that. And I couldn't tell you anything else about the book at all, except for that one thing with the birthing stool. <laughs> like, I don't know why that sticks out, but it does. The birthing chair that people are trying to bring back. Yes. Yeah, well, hopefully without the like terrible midwife from The Secret. Uh, no, there are still terrible midwives. <laughs> oh, I'm sure there are, <laughs> but maybe not like to the caliber of um, what we had there. What stuck out for me that I haven't forgotten is the scene where they find Mary Rose in the basket and the rats are chewing the basket. Oh, yes. Oh, God. Oh, my gosh. Yes, like in that alley. Yes, in the dumpster. She was in the dumpster. They were chewing. Two of them were chewing the sides of the basket and the third one was on the handle. And I was like, (laughs) And, you know, like, that was just such a vivid book. Anyway, I mean, it's like three, three brothers, right? They're all... Um, young homeless boy. Yeah. Cole Trevor. Is there a Douglas? Douglas, yeah, Douglas. Adam. Adam. Douglas. That's right. And like how they all like banded together to become this family for this little girl. Like I just thought that was, I don't know. That book felt very unique at the time to me for many reasons. But that was one of them. Just. But I'm glad, Georgina, that I forgot about the scene with the basket and the rats. <laughs> Sorry. But I, I remember it now. <laughs> I feel like that was a found family book before a sort of found family was Popular. truly the biggest thing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Natalia, do you have a scene? Oh, man. I don't know if my scenes are appropriate. Uh. <laughs> Never stop um. me. 
Well, let's talk about an appropriate scene in the wedding instead of the inappropriate one. <laughs> All right. Um, when is her name Brenna? It is. Brenna's learning to ride a bareback horses. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. And she keeps. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just specific. Sorry. <laughs> I, I always have to clarify these things because it's me, you know. Um, and she keeps falling and keeps trying. And I don't know, like, I feel like I'd be so scared. <laughs> and eventually she gets the hang of it unconsciously, which I thought was cool. Um I I really like the scene about uh, I really like the first explosion from the basket of flowers. Uh, I just thought that was really creative. In uh, is it slow burn? Mm. Uh, I think it's slow burn. I think it is slow burn. Where slow they have burn, the basket, where it's a basket of really artfully arranged flowers. It's actually bombs. Uh, I you know I thought that was cool. Did you say bongs? Bombs. 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 Not marijuana. That That probably would have been better. Some bongs. That probably would have killed nobody. (laughs) Could have a bong bouquet. That'd be cool. Wow. Okay. Well, we know what Stacey has on her window. Bouquet of bongs. Yes. A bong bouquet. No, no. It's it's uh bombs and uh, it's it's um i thought that was really creative i just feel like she just had a lot of creative things that no one else did before or since in both her historicals and her romantic suspense just a, a really uh unique sort of voice and i really liked her uh historical romantic scenes oh yeah <laughs> you know i did too a lot better and than i still the- do I do. And it doesn't yeah. seem like she was part of the bandwagon of like Kathleen Woodowis and all that, that you can't read those now. Hers, you can even well, 20 years even, later, you can still read them. Yeah. Or even just like, she doesn't get all flowery. I mean, she might not say specific words, but um, she doesn't get all like overly um, purple in her prose. purple. Yes. Purple prose. <laughs> it's it, and, and she manages to keep the historical angst that we love. Yes. In the romances. Um, Although I, I feel. do have to say that I'm very glad that she doesn't have like so many of the ridiculous like misunderstandings that keep people apart. Yes. 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 Because oh like those like, are super frustrating to me. Th- like I like that. I think it was Mika. Was it Mika who said that there wasn't really a lot of like or maybe it was Natalia, but there wasn't a lot of relationship conflict. Mika. That you mm-hmm. are like drawn into in the same way that yeah, a lot of romance. Too busy running away from the baddies. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> oh, can I give my favorite scene? Absolutely you can. So uh two two real super quick things. One, she writes Noah Claiborne in such a way that like he comes across he comes across as like sexist, but you don't want to throw him off of a cliff. And I don't know how she does it. Magic. But she does. And I'm real hard on heroes. So, you know, like when I was rereading um, Mercy a few years ago, I was like, 
wow, Noah, you're kind of you're kind of a chauvinist, but also you're kind of endearing at the same time. And I don't understand. And Everyone everything I knew, thing. and everything I knew was a lie. Um, <laughs> and my, I would say that my favorite scene is when Theo is in it's in Mercy, and it's when Theo and um, Michelle are having to run away from the bad guys because they've like broken into Michelle's house. And it is that scene is actually pretty nail biting as I recall, because they, it's at it's nighttime. They're having to be careful. Their house, the house is surrounded. People are shooting guns. He's trying to get Michelle out of the window and then they're running and they don't really have a way out and they don't have any damn cell phones. Like again, half of these problems in mercy could have been figured (laughs) out if somebody would have had a freaking cell phone and like texted, like her brother doesn't even have a phone in his house. Like how is he supposed to help? So no, that's true. He did not have a phone. He didn't. So, um, so I just think like, that scene, it that scene is actually pretty. It is a pretty nail biting scene because you're just like, oh my god, how are you guys going to get out of yes! this? Like you are surrounded. But that scene, like it, it's that one definitely does um, stick with me, and it's one of the things that really elevated Mercy into like a stellar book. It's interesting because when I think about her romantic suspense. Like, it's not, and I think we've kind of, you know, danced around this a bit, but, like, it's not intense in the same way that, like, a Karen Rose is intense. And yet it's equally enjoyable just for different reasons. Yes. So I find myself curious to know whether we will have, like, a final Julie Garwood book. Like, I'm always so sad after an author dies... And like their next book comes out and you just like know that that's the last one. You know, oh yeah. I haven't been able to bring myself to read Rachel Kane. On her Facebook no. page, um, I saw something that was posted on Julie Garwood's Facebook page and it said, um, we will still keep you updated on upcoming releases. Um, so I'm wondering oh. if there might be one more thing. And that's just me being very speculative. I I don't know anything, but that's, that's just what I saw on her Facebook page yesterday when it popped up. Hmm. Well, I think when we asked her, Natalia, she mentioned that she was working on something. So I wonder if I that... Did that selfish. I hope she didn't too, but <laughs> I just, I don't know. I always, there's always something so bittersweet about like that final, like you're glad yeah. to have it. But you're also like really sad knowing that there won't be any more. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And and as somebody like her who had such a unique voice to her, it's it's a real it's a real loss. And and it seems like she was the romance foundation for so, so many people. Oh yeah. I agree. Like I feel like there were was that group of like historical romance authors, Judith McNaught. Jude Devereaux, Joanna Lindsay, Catherine Coulter, and Julie Garwood are the four that, but yes, Catherine Coulter as well. Yeah. Um. And now, like we've lost Joanna Lindsay, and now 
Julie Garwood. Julie Garwood. And it's so, so sad. And it's interesting to me about Julie Garwood that she could write these really young women heroines back in the day that I should kind of want to smack in the face because they're so naive and so, I don't know, childlike in some ways, but then they're funny as hell and sassy and plucky. And usually when I'm reading a book, I'm reading for the hero and his journey and his growth because that's what I'm drawn to. But I find myself as I'm rereading her books being very drawn to these very young heroines, like, and like watching their own growth and sort of like awakening, like into their confidence and into their sort of power, if you will, which sounds stupid, but I I just sort of feel like she was ahead of her time in some ways, like the way she wrote women, the way she wrote heroes that weren't like total alpha holes, you know, like they had always had like gruff exteriors and really like marshmallowy. She wrote a lot of marshmallow heroes in my opinion. And I just, yeah. I don't know. Like before that was a thing. Yeah. Before that was like cool to have like the, the beta heroes kind of, I feel like a lot of her heroes while maybe projecting something on the outside were not that it didn't have the alpha hole vibe. They were Leos. So many. What was that? And they were Leos. Yeah. <laughs> And they seem to be where they're not like crazy, overprotective, go where I know best and you oh, don't. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they seem to be that way. Some of that. I'm bad, you woman. Yeah, a little I'll bit go. of that, I'd say, in some of like the Scottish ones or the. Yes. But not to the extent that we read today, you know? No, right, or even not in to some the point of the where other... you put down the book and growl and You're then like, make it back up. Right, you're like, oh my god, this man like drives me insane. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do we have any final thoughts before we bring this to a close? Julie Garwood is going to be very much missed. And oh, if absolutely. you have not if you have not had the opportunity to read any of her books, um, there is a treasure trove of books of um you know if historical is your is your is your poison you can pick that and if you like um more contemporary or romantic suspense you can pick that so there's plenty for you for you to read and it's never too late to discover a julie garwood book it's true true and and even if the books are like not your cat and I'm like I have a friend who loves to read and I told him about Julie Gar was like I don't know if I'd like her because I don't really like historicals for example or I've never tried a historical you know go on YouTube watch an interview what look at her and listen to her talk and I guarantee you that you're going to want to read something this woman wrote just just by uh, you know listening to how dynamic her personality her personality was I'll just say that Julie Garwood is magic. She wrote beautiful stories. She had such lovely words and descriptions and fabulous banter and nice, sexy times. And just the loss of her just feels like this very tragic, tragic event, like in the romance community. And I just, I feel so thankful that she was such an important part of my romance reading foundation. Like I feel like a lot of what I know now and what I learned is stuff I learned from her books. And I just, I love her and I don't know. 
I just think she's one of a kind and just so fabulous. And I'm, I'm just really glad I got to know so many of her books back in the day and that I still have such strong memories of them. It was just this unique blend of like humor and sensuality and intrigue. And I feel like you can find pieces of those things in a lot of books, but there was just something about the way she melded them together that Mm -hmm. I would agree, Stacey, like made it, made it magical. Yes, because I've never forgotten when I first, you know, that for the roses that book stayed with me for years and I didn't know who wrote it to be honest (gasps) until I went back and looked and I was like oh so yeah the character I mean she just had a different way of like you said mixing everything together and it's um she'll be missed All right. So this brings to a close our memorial episode for Julie Garwood. Thank you so much to Stacy, Mika, Georgina, and Natalia for joining me tonight. As always, thanks goes out to Christine for all of her fantastic editing, especially when we do these sort of free flow episodes that do get a little crazy sometimes. And of course, we thank each and every one of you so much for joining us each week as we talk about great books. If you would like to leave us a rating or a review, you can do that on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that you use to access the show. Not only does it tell us what you think, but it also helps other people find us when they're looking for book-related podcasts. Um, It kind of advances us in the Google algorithm. So I will be back next Tuesday morning with an author interview and, of course, the guide to new releases. And some number of us will be back on Friday with more bookish greatness. Take care, everybody.